Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet. We also provide trustee services. For more information, you can contact us at actforpets.org, actforpets.org. And today on our show, we have our special guest, Betsy Gambarino. Betsy is the vice president of the SPCA of Ocala. Welcome to the show, Betsy. Well, thank you for having me. It's very nice to be with you, Peggy. Well, it's nice to have you as well. So let me uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Uh, Betsy grew up in rural Pennsylvania, where she was active in showing quarter horses, as well as volunteering for several animal and agricultural organizations. She attended Penn State University, obtaining bachelor's and master's degrees in animal science and biology. She began a career in science, working as a research support assistant for the Penn State University School of Medicine in Hershey, Pennsylvania. In 1996, she got smart and moved to Ocala. <laughs> left Pennsylvania and continued her career in science at the University of Florida Department of Psychiatry. Her technical work has been published in several scientific journals. Following her work at the University of Florida, she accepted a position as an instructor of equine science and biology at the College of Central Florida. In addition to teaching at the College of Central Florida, she was the coach for the IHSA Competitive Western Riding Team. So Betsy and I share a lot of things in common, and five years ago, she met Lily Barron, who is the president of the SPCA of Ocala, and she joined the organization as a board member and has been an active advocate for animal welfare ever since. She lives on her farm in Ocala and remains an active equestrian. She has three horses, Joe, Hunter, and Woody, and she has 10 cats a dog, Pearl, and four guinea pigs named Larry, Ted, Bandit, and Parker. <laughs> Cover all the bases. I yes. know. We got to recognize all these little furry kids. That's so right. thank you, Betsy, for being here. Well, Peggy, first I need to say it's been a pleasure over the years to get to know you. You've been so informative and such an advocate. It's inspiring. Well, thank you. And um, you and the SPCA of Ocala have done so much as well. And that's really what we want to focus on today. Um, one of the things that the SPCA of Ocala is known for is um, being the home of Molly and Molly's Law. So tell us a little bit about who is the SPCA of Ocala. Okay, I'd love to. The SPCA of Ocala is, of course, an active 501c3. It is an animal protection organization as well as a rescue. And it was started in 2003, I believe, by our president, Lily Barron, and currently exists today as 
a very strong organization. There are five board members, each with um, outstanding resumes in their own personal areas that helps us focus on different endeavors that we want to um, get involved in. And in addition, like I said, to being a foster-based rescue, we are right now going through a little bit of a transition as we see a large need in our area to provide information, education, and of course, resources for animal welfare, which also encompasses a, a lot of time spent helping elderly population. And I can talk a little bit later on uh, what we are currently uh, setting up and what we have done so far this year and look forward to continuing. So today I am on board with you as Lily is off taking care of something else that we are involved in. So I hope that we can you know, get some information out there and educate today through this podcast about who we are and what we do and what we plan to do. Excellent. Well, and I know that one of the things that SPCA of Ocala is best known for is Molly, uh, the Ambassador Molly. So tell us who Molly is and, and why yes. Molly is important. Sure. Molly is, as you said, the ambassador to our local um, county Molly's Law Ordinance, but specifically Molly is a, I think she's 15 now, 15 year old, about 60 pound boxer lab, beautiful white coated dog who was, had a, a terrible thing happen to her about seven years ago. She was beaten by this man with a baseball bat and she was stabbed three times in her head. And the pictures of that beating and that entire ordeal are horrifying. And the bat was used so hard against her that the bat was splintered in half. So fortunately, he was arrested. Molly was taken to the veterinarian. And then with even with a grim prognosis, she was uh, held by animal control services who nursed her back to health and she recovered. But what was outstanding about Molly was the disposition. And I can truly say, sometimes we use the saying, the eyes of an animal are direct conduit to the soul of the animal. And when you look at Molly's eyes, there is just such a sweetness and an honesty and a, a good presence that she delivers. And she had that look and that appearance, even at that time in the condition that she was in. But after a few months, she recovered. She was still with animal control services, but we found, or they found the past director of animal control, found Lily Barron as a potential adopter and making a long story kind of short, it was a perfect match. So Molly recovered. She's adopted by Lily 
and has continued to live out her, her life on a farm where she can run and play, but she has also become quite a uh, representative for the animal abuse and the animal abuse registry, which is named in her honor, which is called Molly's Law. And Molly is quite the individual. Um, she has almost risen to superstar status in Marion County, I would say. Yes, we have a crown. We have the tiara. We have the sash. We have the diamond collar. Yes, and she de deserves it all. She does. She is um, a survivor, if there ever yes. was one, and she is an excellent ambassador for Molly's Law, which proposes to create an animal abuser registry, much like a sexual abuser registry, so that individuals and organizations um, will know in advance who people are if they have a history of animal abuse so that we can put an end to those persons ever owning or adopting animals again. Yes, and I, I also want to point out that I think it's great for everybody to become aware of Molly's Law and what what it is and sometimes though there are um misperceptions i believe that when we hear about abuse we automatically assume the person who has committed the abuse is going to go on to this list that's available to the public um, as an animal abuser but one of our goals is to make sure that everybody understands that there are no penalties for any of these abusers until they are convicted of the crime. And this is also why it is so important when voting season comes around or when you have uh, live in a, a small city or a county to vote and make sure you're uh, feelings about animal well-being and welfare are taken into consideration by those who are you're putting into office because Molly's law was originated after Molly's horrible abuse by one concerned citizen but it took a while I think Molly was injured and abused in 2014 and it wasn't until 2016 that we actually had the county commissioners come together and pass this law so it took a lot of work in those two years it, it took a lot of meetings it took a lot of public outcry it it really takes a village to get these lists and these enjoyment lists get people put onto them and then hopefully we have different rescues and breeders are able to pull these lists up, see if a potential adopter is on the list and stop that individual from ever being in contact with another animal. And as it sits now, oh, I just saw my notes here, the Animal Abuser Registry was passed in 2016, but it was put into effect January 1st of 2017. So we're just five years into it. And there is 
um, a lot of work that goes into getting convicted animal abusers convicted, as you know, and also having them maintain on this list. And right now, the animal abuser registry is limited to Marion County and perhaps a few other counties in Florida. And I believe one of the goals is to really hopefully someday have that be a nationwide um, yes. option so that every state in the nation um, recognizes an animal abuser registry. But you are so, so, so correct that um, getting somebody on any kind of a <laughs> registry is a long journey because it does require prosecution and proof and evidence and prosecutors who are willing to um, fight these causes. Yes. And what, like you just said, Marion County, of course, is has the, our animal abuser registry, Molly's Law. But I believe we have 67 counties in the state of Florida, and only a handful, maybe eight, have animal abuser registries. So this is another um, goal of the SPCA of Ocala, along with help from you and many other individuals to get a statewide registry, followed by a nationwide registry. And it is every day that we think about it and try to figure out a better way or a quicker way to get this legislation to our lawmakers and hopefully passed. Well, and I know one of the things that was done by SPCA of Ocala and Molly was the creation of a Molly's Law documentary. And so folks that are listening, you can actually go on to spcaofocala.org and you can find that documentary and you can watch it and you can share it and you can repost it and you can take it to your legislators so that um, this does become more of a ground roots operation where we can move more quickly through the various state legislatures. Absolutely. We had the premiere of the um, documentary in March of 2022. And of course, that whole event was wonderful, but kudos to Lily for pushing that and seeing that through. Uh, because, again, it was just a project of love that took a lot of work, and it is 23 minutes of information that everybody should see. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So um, tell us one of the special things that's happening, though, with regard to Molly, um, and honoring her and her life and her ambassadorship. Um, and that would be Molly's statue. So tell us about that. Yes. So again, in 2023, we're going to have just a, an enormous presentation of a marble statue of Molly, which is life-size. And it will, uh, once we unveil it, it will have a spot in the city of Ocala 
and I can get into a little bit later um, what why we are doing this, but it is a remarkable piece of art that is going to encompass a remarkable canine and what she stands for. Uh, there is a very famous artist, sculptress. Her name is Milda Comos. She is from Puerto Rico, um, but she has a sculpturing studio in Italy. Nilda recently was responsible for making the, the Mary McLeod Bethune statue, which this summer was placed in Statuary Hall up in Washington, D.C., in the U.S. Capitol. And that statue, like I said, was created out of marble by Nilda, and it is of the founder of Bethune-Cookman University, which is a private university over in Daytona Beach. So what a perfect person to have do such a special image of Miss Molly. And it's been a fascinating adventure, not knowing a whole lot about art other than I like it, but being aware of what goes into creating something like this. And most remarkable is she had to get a special permit from the government in Italy to access the marble, the organic raw material of marble, which is in Michelangelo's cave. So she is, she, they extracted that, however they do it. And she is working away at the statue in her studio in Italy. And we were able to see just a tiny piece of it last week. And I have to say what is so outstanding about it is the detail. I, we saw just a small picture, small image of her paw, which is now sculptured in marble. And you can see such detail. It is an exact image of Molly. And in fact, she still has, she wears her scars of bravery from her abuse situation. Those scars will be on the statue as well, because that is part of her story of who she is and why we hold her so dear and why all counties and animal lovers need to pay attention to what Molly, who Molly is and what she has done for us. She has done a lot and she is still doing that job today. So tell us a little bit about how Molly's doing today. Sure. Well, it was a hard decision, but this year she is retired from public events and will continue to be, stay retired. Molly is 15 and has some age-related health issues. And it was really just becoming laborious for Molly to get in and out of the van to go to different events. And she's always been so gracious 
with letting children patter and adults. It didn't matter who came by and wanted to say hello to Molly. She was always very gracious in greeting them. But she just is showing some signs of age uh, with arthritis and a few other serious issues. So she now is staying at home. She has a brother and a sister, so to speak, little Mr. Sir Anthony, who I think you've met, Peggy. Mm -hmm. And her other little sister is actually the sister to my dog, but her name is Princess Lily. So Princess Lily, Sir Anthony, and Molly all reside up with Lily. And it's wonderful to see her because she is happy. She runs, she plays, she grooms. These, um, they're just, Molly is probably 60 pounds and these other dogs are less than 12 pounds. So it's quite an image um, to see Molly taking care of them. But if you can spell happy, that's what Molly is. And that's thrilling because that is what she deserved. And she has worked hard to become a, a very you know, happy dog and enjoy the life that Lily's been able to provide her with. She is a very forgiving dear animal. That is true. Um, it's hard to figure out how she found that. It really is, which actually I, makes I agree. It, so tell folks how they can help, Betsy. Oh, well, we do a lot of public events. So if you hear that the SPCA of Ocala is going to be at a festival or an event close to you, please come out and visit our booth. We always have a booth. We have prizes. We always have a donation jar. And I will also go ahead and point out that as far as funding, and we're no different than any other rescue, but it is really a dollar at a time. And to proceed with what we want to um, do in the next year, we need, we respect each and every quarter and dollar that goes into our donation jars. So we are at public events like that. Um, we have, Lily and I both engage a lot in the community. So if you need somebody to come speak to your group, to your organization, we are available to do that. We can talk about animal welfare. We can certainly talk about Molly's Law. And we also have, last year, I believe, was our initial or inaugural year for sponsoring our free microchip clinics and so important because all you have to do is spend five minutes on the internet or on Facebook and there are so many lost dogs and cats so we are fortunate enough that we have sponsored three microchipping events and again they are free and all you have to do is bring your animal we take care of all the paperwork one of the big problems with microchipping is after the chip is installed, often people don't understand they need to register it with one of the chipping companies. We take care of that. So I can guarantee you every cat, dog, bunny 
that has come through our microchipping clinics is registered. So if they would be lost, we can trace the owner. We're also adding free vaccine clinics in 2023. So we're doing the microchipping and free vaccine clinics together. And I think we're planning on doing the first one in March. And aside from that, we are really focusing a lot on becoming a resource center. If we are in the process right now of transitioning our website to provide uh, use it as a resource center so that people can go to the website and if they need to a phone number for a veterinarian or a phone number for animal control, the Humane Society, or a phone number for some other rescue, it'll be on our website. We also do a lot of um, work and hope to expand this work for the elderly. Uh, pet care for the elderly can become difficult, especially now with the way our economy is. Elderly people not only sometimes may have trouble paying for some of their veterinary work, but getting the animal to the clinic. So we provide that transportation service where we will pick the animal up, take it to the appointment, and return it. And uh, that's going to keep us <laughs> very busy. So in addition to providing those public services and our microchip clinics and our speaking engagements and prom still promoting what Molly is all about, our deck is full, and, but it's also very exciting because as you know in rescue, if you help one animal, you need to be happy that you're helping one animal. We, we can't really rely on solving all of our um, animal lost and founds or abuse cases all at one time. But my goodness, we need to be the engine that can drive us to helping some of them. Absolutely. And usually when we help one, we... Um... We also help others by just osmosis, because if we <laughs> adopt one, it leaves room for another one. And if yes. we save one, it leaves an opportunity to save another one. Absolutely. Absolutely. We recently had a situation where a lady called Lily, she was uh, homeless, but in a hotel, but she had a litter of puppies with her. Uh, puppies weren't allowed to be at the hotel, so she was hiding them in there. But we were able to get those puppies out and adopted. And that is part of the typical type of rescue work. The other things that we're doing, I think, are pretty special and unique. And hopefully those um, doing those services will become more and more popular as we get our our website up and running, that is spcavocala.org. And that will be our resource center to a gateway, I guess you could say, to providing a lot of services in a lot of different areas. Thank you very much. 
And Animal Care Trust USA also thanks you for the support that you provide to them and for um, your support of our mission, which is keeping loved animals in loving homes so that they don't end up in shelters if a pet parent becomes disabled or dies or there's an emergency situation. Absolutely. We promote Animal Care Trust at all of the events we do. Recently, I attended one of your speaking engagements and have educated myself a lot more since that. And I know it's something I have to do, but for myself, because who, who loves our animals more than ourselves, right? And in the event of an untimely death, this will provide security that we know our animals will be taken care of as we want them to, even if we are not around. So it's very important. That's also one of our discussions that we regularly have with our elderly people who are very concerned. So there's great information out. I love the book that I got from you two weeks ago, so I'm still reading it, but very informative. And I think like so many things, it's not that hard to take care of. We just have to educate ourselves a little bit about what an animal care trust is and follow through and rely on your expertise to help us get it done. Well, thank you, Betsy. Um, well, and I appreciate everything that you do and Lily does and Molly does at the SPCA of Ocala. And um, I want to thank our listeners for joining us this week and each and every week. And you know my personal motto, which is until there are none, please adopt one. And if yes. you want more information, you can find us on Facebook and you can find us on Twitter and you can find us on LinkedIn, as well as you can find SPCA of Ocala at all of those places. So thank you again for joining us. And until next time, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at animalcaretrustusa.org or legacyforyourpet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales.